I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, getting stuck in a mental loop. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters Podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters Podcast. I'm Amy, and this is episode 312 looping. Do you ever loop? Do you get stuck on something in your head and you just loop? You just keep going over and over and over it again and again and again. It might be something that happened. It might be something you said. It might be something you didn't say. It might be something you saw or something you're thinking about or something that's coming or that's over. But we loop. Some of us loop. Some of us loop often and it can be hard to stop it and it can be distracting. At least when a song gets stuck in your head, you know the words. That may make it worse, but it might make it better. You know the words. But when an idea darts in and gets lodged, it can be a time sink. Sometimes the idea makes sense. Sometimes it fits. Sometimes, like I said, it's related to something that already happened. But when it's just an idea, sometimes it fits. And sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's just a bizarre moment, a non sequitur, an aberration, this thing that has suddenly gotten stuck in your head, which makes no sense for you or to you, no sense at all. For example, this person I know, this person I know, someone in my family plays ukulele. And a few years back, I may have rolled my eyes a little bit at that. And then this other person plays ukulele. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And then that interview that I listened to, that was about ukulele, a totally pro, everyone should go get a ukulele moment. And I thought, huh, really? Ukulele? But none of this ever had any impact on me. That interview was months and months ago. It didn't send me rushing out to buy a ukulele. I didn't even give it a passing thought, not more than the, huh, that's interesting. It was just me watching the world go by, acknowledging that lots of people do lots of different things. Lots of people do lots of different things that I have no interest in, and they may have no interest in what I do. That's what makes us individual and unique. That's what makes us interesting. And especially at a certain age, it seems that the ukulele crops up. More and more these days I'm seeing it. Maybe it just crops up in the context in which I'm seeing it, but I see it often. And then all of a sudden, another rogue mention of ukulele, no different than any other mention really. And it comes in at just the right angle or just the right moment. Some gate was down or some curtain was pulled back And it flips this switch of mild curiosity. The ukulele, huh? The ukulele again, huh? The ukulele. And I go and I pull up a ukulele video for the first time ever. And then I suddenly start thinking about ukuleles. And I look at them online and I watch a video or two or three. And I watch a video of a kid teaching people to play ukulele. And then you fast forward a bunch of years and that kid has now grown. And that was fascinating too. 
I think about when my son learned to play guitar and how I wish I'd been able to do that. Ukulele. No, I didn't go get a ukulele. I didn't. But it was this odd moment and a really good example of the ways in which something can strike us completely out of the blue and loop, cause us to loop, cause us to get stuck in this cycle of rewind, of consider, think, ponder, explore, rewind, consider, think, ponder, explore, rewind. We loop and then maybe we dump ourselves out of it. Somehow we pull off at a different exit. Maybe something else catches our attention. But for however long it goes on, we loop. And this is a good example of it, a really innocuous example. I don't plan to learn to play ukulele. And I know some of you will tell me that it would be a wonderful thing for me to do. But it is not something that I plan to do. It's not something that really fits. I don't have time for the hobbies I already have. I'm not really looking for a hobby. But I did get stuck thinking momentarily about what it would be like to learn to play the ukulele. And it was just one really strange flash in a pan moment recently, one of several. While poking around at Instagram, I caught sight maybe a week or so ago of a cardigan. And I followed the hashtag to see all kinds of examples of this cardigan. It is a handmade cardigan. It's not knitted. It's sewn. And there is a thriving community of people who make their own clothes. Hashtags around fabric lines and patterns and designers. They have their own challenges. Really, really interesting. And I love it when I stumble into this kind of community, this parallel community in some ways. I remember back in the early days of the CMP, there were people who sewed and there was another podcaster and a blogger who had an interest in making clothes. And I don't see that anymore in this community. Right now, it seems like, I guess maybe I diverged and really settled into a drawing and art community. So it's fascinating when you see these parallel communities and how tightly knit they are and how active. It was really, really wonderful. Handmade clothes, not a thing that I have done in a really long time. But it's true. Way back when, I sewed lots of my own clothes, especially back in graduate school. And I think, especially when I was living in Louisiana, I was big on these harem pants that I used to make. It took tons of fabric to make this really loose-fitting, flowy, big style of pant that you tied around the waist. And I guess the sewing continued even after we moved. I remember making dress clothes. I haven't thought about that in a long time. Complicated clothes, really, so long ago. So long ago, probably before I started doing as much knitting even. And even the knitting feels kind of long ago. So I saw this cardigan and I am intrigued. I was intrigued and I am intrigued because it's looping. It's in my head. It's looping. I mentioned now and again, hey, you know, have you ever thought about cardigans? What do you think about making cardigans? How hard do you think it would be to make a cardigan? Because I've never sewn knitwear and I can't tell how hard it is. No one mentions it being easy. No one mentions it being difficult. There's no mention of the making. There's just the showing off of it. 
They post endless selfies showing off these cardigans, multiple lengths, multiple styles, some with a bottom band, some without, tons of great fabrics, solids, stripes. I really need this everyday cardigan in a thousand ways, or at least a dozen, right? But I've never sewn knitwear, so I can't wrap my head around it entirely. And it's partly not a real looping of any urgency. Instead, it's the looping just like a song that gets stuck in your head and you just can't kind of let it go. Just like I want glasses and all kinds of colors, right? I've wanted that forever. And I just recently saw someone who has that kind of collection and I am so jealous. And I have great admiration for it too. So I'm looping about this cardigan, ukuleles, cardigans, and then pop art, right? Not pop tarts, no, pop art. Definitely not words I think people would associate with me. And if you follow me, you have seen this. You've seen my experiments, starting with Liechtenstein style pieces, taking my portrait work and my outlining, thickening lines, flattening things, really boldly pulling out shapes. That might be where I am finding the most pleasure right now something that I do already in my drawing with hatching and a different kind of line. And I'm pulling those out as really bold block elements. And yes, adding color. There's a specific palette that goes with this kind of work, especially if you're starting off with Liechtenstein as your inspiration, as your model or your example. Specific palette that goes with the direction that I thought I might explore. And weirdly enough, I don't own one of these three colors. It is a primary color. I don't have that color. So I have experimented with what I have on hand. I've kept experimenting. I've kept trying both the line and the color and pushing and layering my own style on top of what I'm doing and really trying to find a way to make this my own because it doesn't sit well to me to do things that are imitation at all. And so I'm really, really pushing, trying to see how much interest I have. I am looping, definitely. I don't know why it got into my head. I kind of do. It may just be that several things collided all in the same span of time. I I sort of know what the linchpin was, but Part of me also says, what are you doing? This is so not like you. So I've been experimenting using what I have. And I be forcing myself to experiment and use what I have until I'm really sure it's a thing as a really important part of the process and a real way to acid test my interest. I keep referring to it that way. That doesn't mean anything bad. It just means that I know me. And this could just be a passing a passing moment. It could be something that is just completely wrong or doesn't fit or won't sustain my interest, won't hold me through the next few months, which is what I've contemplated. And if that's the case, then I definitely don't need to buy even that one primary color. I don't need to buy anything that I don't really feel that I need. And if I'm honest and you look at the difference in want and need, which is a big big theme on this show. I really could just work with what I have. I don't think these are colors that are the best for what I'm doing, but I could, I could live with this. So 
I am doing a lot of soul searching and a lot of testing. I'm really acid testing to see if this is something or if I'm just looping and I'm going to go right back to what I know that I love. I know that some of you in the same exact moment would have just gone out and bought all the things you thought you needed, which in this case would have just been, you know, a small set or a handful of additional colors to really give yourself what you don't have. I know that some of you would have done that and some of you can do that and I didn't and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I actually value not adding to everything unless I really, really need to at this point. So I instead have been looping because I have to think about it constantly. So I've spent far too much time looking at Copic colors and packs and trying to figure out what the best approach would be because of course, of course, the colors that I really want or think I want don't come in packs. So that's what I've been doing. I've been looping. I've looked at examples. I've read articles. I've watched videos. I've pondered. I've tried to tell the difference between this and that. And I know, unfortunately, that these markers oftentimes look different in person than they do on the screen. And you can't necessarily just base it by the cap. So I'm looping online. And I almost ordered one one, just one marker several times, one single marker. After all, this is the thought process. This is how you loop because after all, I need this one marker. I need one marker in this primary section. And this is the one I decided on. And I ran out of stevia, which is my sweetener. And I knew that I was going to run out of coffee. And there was a set of 500 index cards that I could order for just $1.79. Now, if you're an index card person, you know that's a really good deal. $1.79 if I could manage to spend X amount of money. And I thought that if I spent X amount more than that, I could get everything the same day because sometimes that's possible. These mental shenanigans are exhausting. This is looping looping. And I just wish sometimes I could flip that switch off because it's so much more comfortable to go through my days when I am not looping, when I am not wanting anything, not wanting anything. And I did order the stevia. I did because I can't drink my coffee unsweetened. So I really do need that but not the marker. Not yet. If I decide to stick with this project and this process, then by the time you hear this, I might have settled on a red. I've made several lists from online sources, colors that I could add that might really be useful. The experiments I've done have shown me a little bit where I really think I'd be happier maybe if I was working in a slightly different range. Maybe that would make a difference in how it feels. Maybe. I don't know. I've got a lot of battles going on in my head with this entire exploration because I've done about a week of daily work and there has been a lot of feedback, but that has been confusing because when I look at my stream of work, it is the portraits that I love, the regular pen and ink, the finesse work, the beautiful hatching, all that layering that's what I think is beautiful. I really love some of the pieces from recent months in colored ink too. I have been fairly 
explorative for me in the last few months. And there were pieces in April in color that may be some of my favorites. I feel like it's where my voice is. Oh no. Oh no. I'm going to talk this through out loud and talk myself out of what I'm doing. That is definitely a risk because yeah, I have some notes here, but I have to hear myself talk this out loud. And it's true. I love some of those other pieces, especially the pieces in April. The piece I'm using for my profile picture even is multicolor ink. It's all fountain pen, but well, fountain pen and ballpoint, but it is multicolor and it is a favorite. And I sometimes feel weird that I'm using a profile pic that is a portrait of someone else. I am coming to identify with it. It's definitely strange. It's definitely weird. If someone can just set up a photo of me that will let me draw myself in that way with that kind of color in a way that makes sense to me, that's the ticket. That's the ticket. I would just draw that way all the time if I could sort of really get myself to that place with color because I really do love that. But right now I'm off in some totally different la-la land of line and color. It's so different. I don't think people really get how different it is, really. It's not just a difference in adding color. It is so different. And it feels just as unexpected as considering the ukulele or thinking about sewing cardigans. After a week of stewing, of exploring what both did and didn't feel like me, of posting these pictures and then looking at them from the outside, trying to look at them objectively and watching other people respond enthusiastically to work that is so different for me. That was exciting, but it was also sad because people definitely don't respond that way to my regular portraits. And that adds an entire layer of confusion for sure. So I started working on another test drawing the other night And I've watched myself through this process because the process is really the same. I do the underdrawing the same, whether I'm going to do a fountain pen drawing with a lot of hatching or whether I'm going to do a drawing that then I turn into something more pop and take the lines and really exaggerate and thicken and color. So I was working on a test piece. I sketched it in pencil and then I started inking some lines But this time I used fountain pen for the black. And maybe that is where the change happened because it was my trusted fountain pen, my favorite. And I watched the lines darkening and I kept thinking, this is kind of me. This is, this is me. My plan was to go in and add color on top to do exactly what I have been doing over the last week and still turn it into a pop piece. But this woman looking back at me in black and white, that's my voice. There's something about those thin lines, the delicateness of it. Adding the color, I'm still not sure. I'm still not sure how I sound that way, what my voice is. Adding it in a pop way, that is even stranger for me. There's a clunkiness to it. It's drawing with brute force. That's the phrase that keeps coming to mind, another looping. I keep hearing that phrase. There's a clunky feeling There's a chunky feeling and there is a brute force feeling. Compared to my other work, it is definitely the bull in the china shop. Like using a chubby crayon instead of a fine point or fine nib fountain pen. 
but I can't let go because you see, I'm looping. I'm looping in so many ways with this exploration and this project and trying to figure out what's going on and is this something I need to continue and explore? Because it may be that I just haven't really found my groove yet, but that there's something here that's possible. Or it may be that this is just some incredibly odd pit stop, just some clearing of the air in my head. I don't know. So I'm looping. I'm looping. I'm puzzled. I'm confused. I'm thinking things through. I'm watching how pieces go and how they look and what people say. And yeah, I'm considering index cards. So that's what I've been doing. I didn't plan on doing regular portraits on index cards anyway. I had said that. I didn't know if I could really, really be comfortable not doing portraits because that is really where I'm at. But size is an issue. So I thought I might just do something else on index cards in June and July, something that wouldn't take as much time. I actually tore out all kinds of clippings thinking I might do collage. I saved a whole bunch of stamps, also thinking I might use that as part of my base. And then I thought I would do regular drawings on the side on bigger paper. Size is still an issue with the pop art, but I am still considering it. I'm weighing things. And this whole exploration has been uncannily similar to last year really uncanny. Last year, about the same time, I was also researching colors of Copic markers online. The style I was interested in last year is different than this really flat color that I'm exploring this year. But I think these things are related. I think there actually may be a connection between doing one and then moving to another. But it really was last year this time. I was exploring, I was considering same kinds of questions, but I didn't actually try any of what I'm doing now. But I was also exploring and considering ballpoint last year. And I did my acid testing last year with ballpoint. And I did finally commit to ballpoint for the two months for June and July. And I committed to portraits. So this year's pre-thinking feels familiar. Like I said, I had considered other things. Definitely was considering doing something that would be much more straightforward and doing my portraits separately so that I could keep working on larger portraits. I think the schism between what we want to do and how we think people will respond, I think that can be a real stumbling block. I think our own sense of people's expectations of what we might do can be an issue, can definitely be constraining and confining. I think all of this can be a tripping point. It's true. I think many of us have a sense of how the challenge goes. Not all of us are looking for the same thing or need the same thing. Not all of us are new to this. So I am coming at this from a different angle. And it is an angle that I know many of you are familiar with because you have been doing this for many years too. So for those of us who have a daily habit routine practices of making art, there's often a tendency to do what I've been doing, to think ahead, to have some kind of construct, whether it's theme or medium or both, to think about some kind of approach that we hope to carry through. Depending on where you are in your journey, you may be 
thinking the same kinds of things. And for some of us, that's because we want to have a consistent set, to have something consistent when we finish, to have something consistent that guides and leads this process for us. And for some of us, it's because we have very, very, very strong feelings about only devoting our time to things that really matter to us individually, things that have personal meaning. In terms of a project of art, of a creative project that we want to do. So this need to have this consistency and maybe the need to have the meaning, for some people that makes no sense. And I get that. I'm going to talk in a different show about ICAT in general. But for those of us who do approach it this way, part of what makes this kind of personal challenge work is the sense of a continuous thread, a line of continuity. And I'm all for that. If you're the kind of person that that approach works for, I'm all for it. And that's me. At this point in my journey, that's me. It hasn't always been the case. So I do know that every year we have to determine where we are and what we want and what's going to make it work for us if we plan to do it at all. And I can remember one year where I cycled through several themes during the two months. And that approach worked too. And I think that I started that year thinking I would do something very specific and changed my mind. Changed my mind after a few days or maybe a few weeks. And that's what I encourage you to be open to. I think it's fine to go ahead and plan ahead and think about what you want to do. You may decide that you want to do 61 index cards and every card needs to have blue or every card needs to be a picture of this or every card will have a word. I've had all kinds of different things that have been my continuous line. And sometimes it's a minor thing. But I have done something many years in a row where there was something that would be consistent. But be open to the fact that you might change your mind. What I do think is that sometimes we make things too complicated for ourselves. Some people decide to do a challenge and just roll with it every day, day by day, donning whatever strikes them each day, doing something different each day, and their sets come out beautiful too. But then some of us have this plan, and I think what is important is to not box yourself into something that you won't enjoy or that won't sustain you over the long haul, to not cast your net too narrowly because 61 days is a long time to make sure that you give yourself a little bit of room to move this way or that, to make sure that you give yourself room to follow prompts if you choose to or not, that your plan will allow and encompass and embody both. Making art should be something you enjoy, and any challenge you do should be done in a way that you enjoy, a way that makes it valuable and meaningful and important to you. So be careful not to box yourself in. Be careful to be true to you. Be you. Do what you love. Love what you do. Be you. And be generous with others because they're trying to do the same thing. And be graceful with yourself. Be kind all around. If you have to get stuck in looping, deal with it the best way you can. But be kind. Be gentle with yourself. Be graceful. And if you need an off-ramp or need to get off and exit that loop, it's okay. Find a way and do it. Because you don't want to get stuck looping in a project 
of your own construction and your own constraints that doesn't make you happy. I am the art. The art is me. And that is it for episode 313. Looks like I had a little bit of audio trouble again. Different kind of audio trouble. So I hope as much as possible of this held together. I hope to be back one more time before June 1 with something ICAD oriented. Just because I do know that many of you are also doing it. So that's my goal. That is my goal. Today's show was a little bit of a winding path, but just additional creative talk for you to listen to as you work on your own things or go about your busy day. As always, I'm Amy, and you can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. Show notes are available on the creativitymatterspodcast.com website. You can find me at Instagram as oamyoamy. O-A-M-Y, O-A-M-Y. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Heidlis. And you can also find me in the Creativity Matters group at Facebook. Thank you to those of you who support the CMP through any means or in any way. And a special thanks to those of you at Patreon, patreon.com slash creativity matters. Until next time, remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. And don't forget to breathe. Have a great week, everyone.